23 and welcome to 23 questions my guest my guest today is an artist with the voice of an angel and the and a heart of gold uh, no matter where I go on the internet it really feels like I can't escape his beautiful music and his absolutely gorgeous head of hair so uh, please give it up for my friend Anson Sabra <laughs> did I say the last name right yeah, you said it right. Yeah, you said it, it right. Felt like I, it felt like I nailed it coming out, but I, I got a little nervous, honestly. Going no, no, no. It's so funny. Like, I feel like I get nervous saying my last name now because, like, because, <laughs> like, so many people have said it wrong. I feel like the bar now is, like, because, like, sometimes I'll just, like, I'll just be, like, oh, my name's Anson Sarabra. And, like, 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 I'll say it fast and people will think, like, I said it wrong or I'll think I say it wrong. But it's just funny. It's, it's, it's technically pronounced say Abra, say Abra. But um, I appreciate it. It's funny because I've been in, like, I've been in rooms with people that should know how to pronounce my name, like, for how long they've been working with me. And then they, like, they don't pronounce it right. And I'm like, oh, like, we got to start over. But you say that you get nervous because I know it's say Abra and I still got nervous. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I knew it was that. Like, so I feel that. What's the, yeah. what, of what like heritage is that last name? Yeah, my dad is uh, Brazilian. So he was born in Sao Paulo and um, my mom's from Michigan. And uh, so my, my full last name is Long Sayabra. It's uh, hyphenated. It's both of their names together, but I just, my, my artist name is Anson Sayabra. But um, did you, wait, did you ask a question after you introduced I mean, me? I forgot. I'll say just some, some bonus questions at this point, but I'm loving it. But we can get into it because question number one is pretty relevant and it is, how are you doing today? How am I doing today? I'm pretty good, honestly. I can't lie. Like, I, um, it's been a journey in terms of how I've been feeling lately. But um, mm -hmm. I, I woke up this morning feeling very good, very good. I was, um, oh, yeah. I, I, I am... I feel a lot of peace in my being recently, just a lot of peace, despite what's going on in the world. And maybe that's because I live like in the middle of rural Missouri. So <laughs> I guess I'm lucky in that way, but um, I, I feel very peaceful. I feel really lucky to be talking with uh, someone whose music I respect and, and um, you know, just like, you know, being able to make music for a living. That's amazing. That's amazing to me. That's, it, that's. It is amazing. It honestly never gets old it's just like i'm so grateful for that as well and it's it's funny you say that because i've been thinking a lot lately about how i think we should share more when we're feeling good because i think people only yeah. feel compelled to share when they're feeling bad i think that's yeah. why you get more sad songs than you get happy songs because if you're happy you don't need to do anything with that feeling if you're yeah. sad you want to like turn it into something beautiful but yeah i think that kind of uh like sets the connotation that everyone is sad when in reality everyone only shares when they're sad because if you're happy yeah. you don't feel compelled to to pass that information on or do anything with that feeling so you know what? I'm, I'm pretty stoked that you're happy and i'm stoked that you uh you shared that and uh you just answered this kind of maybe but oh. question two is where did you grow up where did i grow up oh, look at me i got the psychic powers you don't even need need to ask me the rest i already know um <laughs> yeah um no i so i was born in wichita kansas which um 
No disrespect to Wichita, but not my favorite place on earth. Although I will say I don't remember that much of it because I only lived there till I was five. And then I moved to Kansas, the Kansas City area uh, when I was about five. So I've lived here most of my life. Um, I went to school in Kirksville, Missouri, which is about three hours north of here on the border of Missouri and Iowa. And uh, so, yeah, now I live in um, outside of Kansas City in the suburbs. Nice. But uh, I spent uh, I spent a year about in uh, uh, Reston, Virginia, which is outside of Washington D.C. Uh, when I was working as a software engineer. But uh, yeah, spent most of my life in the Midwest. Like I said, my mom's from Michigan, and my dad is from Sao Paulo. Very nice. All right. Question number three was where do you live? So you already answered that. Oh, let's change yeah. that to let's change it to where do you think you're going to be living? True. In the coming year yeah. or years. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably move to LA this year, um, depending on the state of the pandemic. Um, there's just so many, I just want to meet more people, like, especially since my come up has largely been virtual at this point. Like, I, I know, like, I've met a lot of people in the, in the business, but a lot of it has been like remote, like even this, like, like, I'd love to like meet you in person and like, you know, connect with more of the more of the scene out there. So I think, I think that's, I feel like there's a whole like crop of people that I've like, you know, started communicating with and talking to and connecting with over the, the pandemic that I like have to remind myself that we don't even actually really know each other. Like, yeah, because it feels like, yeah. like, it feels like me and you have hung out before, but this is really probably the first time we're like really truly speaking. But just yeah. like, little interactions, you kind of gain like a strange comfort with, with someone else just over the, over the interweb. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the power of the internet. I think is just to like sort of acquaint people with each other in a way that you, you couldn't do before it's it's it can be good it can be bad too because like you can also like you can you can infer the opposite like oh maybe we're not friends because this person <laughs> like stopped liking my posts or like oh, they, that's, true. Wow, I didn't think about it you know? that's true i think one positive thing is like when you do finally meet that person in, in person you kind of yeah. get to skip all like the bullshit mm, true so, so kind of like immediately cool with them which which yeah uh, which is really cool but, yeah uh, that question four what what's I know you're obviously considering a move, uh, but what's your favorite part about being uh, in Kansas City where you're at now? Oh, my favorite part, um, the 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 Midwest has a certain a stillness that I feel that the the coasts don't have. Like even like I can feel it when I touch down in in the Kansas City airport. Like it's well, first of all, it's just the I think it's the farmland. There's so much just open space, and as soon as you touch down in LA, it's like and not not to throw shade at LA, uh, but you know it's so like there's so many people it's like yeah. if you're a sensitive person it can be way too i mean it is way too much uh for me and uh the thing i like about missouri is like it's just so peaceful in a lot of ways and and the seasons change and that's so beautiful which you don't get uh you know in the more uh, tropical climate and uh the people here are also just um really they're really kind like uh they're they're very grounded they're not um you know sometimes like in like in in the entertainment industry there's a lot of high strung people that are just like only care about like how many followers you have or like who you know but like you, if you live in like missouri it's like it feels like people are just a little more down to earth here which i appreciate yeah. i definitely feel that i'm from outside chicago so i definitely oh nice nice similar environment and people really just kind of only care about the kind of person you are that's really yeah the only kind of barometer of how much they like you and how much respect they'll give you is just like if you're a good person yeah 
Yeah, I think that's a Midwest thing for sure. Well, I mean, it's not a Mid. There's plenty of good people I know from the, from the coast. It's just like, because I've spent time on the East Coast as well, and it's like, man, it's like everyone just cares about like what's what school you went to and like what job you have, and like yeah. it's really frustrating. Like, <laughs> no, it's definitely a bit different of a game. Yeah. Question number five: What's your least favorite part uh, about living there? Ooh, least favorite part. Um, I mean. I wish there was an ocean here. I wish there was an ocean. I love the ocean. I love the beach. I wish I wish the weather was better in the winter. I mean, it's such a bummer in the winter. Like, as much as I like the seasons changing, and I think there's such a magic to the snow, it's like, when it's like 30, to like, like, well, not 30, that's not even that low. Like, when it gets to like, you know, 10 degrees outside, and it's like, it's soul crushing. I mean, it's truly soul crushing. And then I'll go to LA, and it'll just be like paradise. And I'm like, it's impossible for me to be in a bad mood when I walk outside and it's like, you feel the ocean breeze and it's like 72 degrees and it's sunny. And you're like, you can't, you just can't be in a bad mood. Like it's silly. It's so, 75 here in January. I'm yeah. Like, this was actually my first uh, time being in LA for like the holidays and for New Year's. Yeah. And it was very, I will say it was very strange to not see snow on the ground right. during Christmas. Yeah. I was like, yeah. This is honestly very off-putting and, and really kind of like just, just makes me feel weird. But it does. every other day besides Christmas, I will surely take sunshine. But I agree. If you could yeah. just have like a little clicker for the snow where it's like the minute I got inside, I want to see snow outside. And the minute I step outside, I don't want any more snow. I just want to yeah, go yeah, to yeah. the grocery store and not worry about tripping on black ice. I just want to like. Yeah. Know. Yeah. That would, that, would, that would be fire. I mean. Yeah. I mean, cause my dad's like from Sao Paulo too. And his, he always tells the story, like when he was like flying into the U S like there was like snow on the ground. He's like, well, what's all that white sand, which <laughs> I thought was like, really funny. Cause he'd never seen snow before, but I, I, I'm sure he, he knew it snow was, but it's, yeah, it's, I guess it's kind of in my blood to not, not uh, see snow sometimes, but I don't know. I have a love hate relationship with it. All right. Well, this, this is a, this question is honestly always very difficult for me to answer, but maybe you'll have an easier time with it. Okay. What have you been listening to lately? Ooh, what have I been listening to? You know, I just got a subscription to Sirius um, XM radio in my car because cause I'm always like, sometimes I get like, because the way I listen to music is basically I, f I make um, seasonal playlists. So like fall, spring, well, you, you know what a season is. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, so what I'll do is like, I'll find like, I, I don't know, it, I have a tendency to binge songs. So I'll just really listen to like the same five to seven songs over and over again even actually it's more like five to three like like i just find songs i really like yeah and i find songs i really like and then i just listen to them over and over again and over and sometimes it's old songs and sometimes it's newer songs uh so i was doing that i mean like but honestly lately i've been listening to a lot of like 2000s pop because i feel like <laughs> maybe this is like the, the cynic in me, but I feel like music is getting worse. And like, I shouldn't say that cause I'm a musician and like I make music, but like, and maybe it's just the nostalgia cause nostalgia is so powerful. But like, I listen to like the top hits of 2006 and, and it's like, it's like songs like irreplaceable by Beyonce and like, um, you know, not just 2006, but like 2008, like love story by Taylor Swift and like, um, uh, crush by David Archuleta and like these are really iconic songs from the 2000s and I'm just like these are amazing like these are literally amazing songs and I guess the fact that I was like 12 when I listened to them like probably like makes them better in my mind but then I go and listen to the charts today and I'm like 
you know, it's just, I think it doesn't feel magic. Like, it just, I feel like the songwriting was a bit more intentional back then. It was so intentional. That's a great like, point. More like magic in the craft. It was, it was yeah. more of a, of a process. Um, and there was just less music too. I mean, that's, that's, that's true. I mean, I mean now I think the funny thing, we'll get into TikTok later, but the funny thing about TikTok is having to compete against songs that came mm. out years ago. It's the first time in history that's ever been the case. That's true. I didn't think about that actually. Which but obviously my, is, is cool and stuff and, and it gives your back catalog a chance to pop off randomly, but at the right. same time it does make it a bit harder to cut through cut through the noise and it also makes it a bit harder to cut through the noise like sustainably. Like even if you yeah. have, I feel like those moments are getting shorter and shorter and more fleeting just because yeah. of the amount of oh. stuff that's happening and being put out. Yeah, I yeah, the moment that's a, that's also a great point. It's like the cycle time has just shrunk to like a week. It's like, okay, you had a big video yesterday, do it again today. Like, you know, it's like, oh my god, like it's really that's why well, we can talk about TikTok later, but it TikTok gives me a lot of anxiety to be honest, but yeah. Uh what so what yeah. Question 16, we're getting right into TikTok, but we got we got we got a little ways to go. Yeah, um, yeah. What have you been watching lately? Like anything, watching. any any show? I actually need a new show. So if you have any, oh, um, you know, I watch a lot of shows. To be honest, um, I haven't watched like what was the last show I watched? I I watched recently. I watched a little bit of New Girl. I used to watch New Girl in college. I don't know if you watch New Girl, but it's so funny. Um, um. The last like show I watched, like start to finish, was uh, Mad Men. Have you seen Mad Men? I actually have not. Wow. Okay. It's incredibly critically. Mad Men is the best TV show I've ever seen. Wow. It is. It is unbelievable. It's not for everyone, but the writing is so incredible, and the characters are so. Like Don Draper, he's the main character. And actually, the actor is from Missouri. So shout out, Missouri. Oh. But um, you should watch it. I mean, you should watch it. It's seven seasons and every so season is a banger. That's where I get a little intimidated. I get intimidated by shows like that or the, starting The Sopranos or The Wire. Yeah. This is an enormous time commitment. Like True, true. E- enormous undertaking. And I that, that's true. It, but I think especially with us where you create your own hours, I'm a little scared that I'm going to just like binge too hard and dive in too deep. And like, I don't, I just, I, I think like, preventative measure. I feel like I just like don't start them because I'm scared of, yeah, of yeah. Of my life. I think, I think this is different than like game of Thrones or something because like in game of Thrones, well, I haven't watched game of Thrones, so I, I shouldn't have that as a, I mean, I've read some game of Thrones, but I haven't watched the movie or the, the movie, uh, the show. I think Mad Men is like, there's so many like, it's so thought provoking. Like it's so, it's like you actually feel like you gain something from the episodes. Like you really, it's, it's almost inspiring in a way to watch Dawn's like journey. So like, I, 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 I don't think it's uh and, and the show's about like marketing and advertising. So there's so many cool moments about like creating ad campaigns for like, like these iconic brands and like all the creative stuff that went into it. It really makes you think about what it means to be like a creative person and an artist. Wow, so I mean, you're- you're it's, certainly selling it. I, I might have to check this out. You should you should really watch it. It's really good. But on the tip of inspiration leads me to, to question Nate. Like who mm-hmm. what inspires you both in and outside of music? Like where do you draw inspiration from? People yeah. is like Yeah. Um a lot of my inspiration seems to be coming from nature these days. Like just like I mean, there's this beautiful like nature reserve, like 
by, right by my house and I like to go for walks there and just like, it's just so beautiful and so calm. And I think the best ideas come from this place of serenity inside yourself. And I think when I'm outside, I'm so connected with that place. And so a lot of my, a lot of my inspiration just comes from, actually, I would say most of the things I write about are things that I consider beautiful, like things that, things that really just move. Well, I mean, that's true with any artist, but like any, I find a lot of inspiration in like physical beauty, whether that's nature or through like, if I see a really beautiful person, like I, 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 right now, actually what I'm feeling to inspired to write about is like beautiful women at the moment, to be honest, like, um, timeless subject. Timeless, isn't it? Yes. And it's, it's like, um, you know, just things that move you that really make you feel deep into who you are. And, um, yeah, so, so nature and, and, and people, but also, you know, like other artists and like, um, I I don't know, just like, like I was listening to like, uh, like this Ed Sheeran Taylor Swift song that I had forgotten about yesterday, speaking my two thousands music kick. Actually, I don't know if this was two thousands. It might've been well, I don't know. It's called Everything Has Has Changed. Have you heard that song? I think that was like a 2011. Like, yeah, it was like right on the edge, I think. Yeah. But I'll um, add on that Taylor tour, actually. Yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah. I, honestly, like, I guess it, I guess Ed is just such a big inspiration. I was watching an, like a uh, a documentary on YouTube about him and like, to, I respect so much now that I have sort of ventured out on my own path as a musician I, I, and looking at people who have, who have done it and taken it all the way and knowing the level of courage it takes to like, like really like it takes such an insane amount of bravery to think that you could do this and to in, in a world almost where sanity almost. Yeah, sanity. it is. It is insane. It's literally insane in a world where like everyone is telling you to play it safe for someone like Ed Sheeran to like to come from like a small town in Scotland and just be so like this dude did like 2000 shows before he was famous, like just like had such a passion for the craft of performing and to see someone like that at the highest heights, like still just making like amazing songs. And like, Definitely. I think especially considering when I feel like we're in an era now where the, the performance aspect is almost secondary. It's like, mm, totally the song goes and then you're like, Oh shit, I got to go play shows. Yeah. To see someone do it the other way around, which is I think more, I mean, we're going to get into your journey next, but more my journey started on the performance side. You yeah. Know, I got into writing songs. So it was always so inspiring for me to see how seriously he took the performance side and also yeah. the performance side can kind of actually direct the songwriting and be yeah. True. Live and get like a real you know market like feedback on your music in real time True. such a powerful thing but speaking of, of which what is your kind of like origin story you know to, to your musical journey you know when did this yeah. all come for you yeah origin story um well i was bit by a radioactive spider <laughs> no um that'd be that'd be iconic though um so i i've always been like a musician like i started playing the piano when i was really young like probably around five years old actually i think it was more like seven but it was like kindergarten first grade well kindergarten i think no first grade i can't remember it was really young so i'm playing the piano and um you know i was pretty good at the piano honestly like not to brag but i've, I've always been like a talented dude when it comes to music so <laughs> that feels really braggy but <laughs> i just played the piano for a long time and um i did band in in, in middle school and high school so i played the alto saxophone and a few other instruments yeah and i was song. 
Yeah, yeah, I should actually. I I haven't picked mine up in probably six months now, but um, I I play from time to time, and um, maybe if if I go on tour, I'll um, or when I go on tour, I'll I'm sure I'll bust it out for for one song or something. Oh, but uh, yeah, yeah, probably. I'll just play a like a Kenny G song or like uh, like yeah, 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 Careless Whisper. Um, but um, no. So I've always you know like um, wait, I just oh I didn't realize my monitor was on this entire time sorry i'm just looking at my uh microphone um uh what was i saying um oh saxophone uh so yeah i played saxophone in middle school and i was really lucky that i went to a amazing high school uh, or just our district in general our school district has like an incredible um music program and so like my marching band was like one of the top like marching bands in the entire country and so we would practice like all the time uh, I got a ton of really valuable like music training uh, when I was in high school that I think really, really helped me. And um, I had always been like a decent singer. I think like I, in middle school, I was Willy Wonka in the middle, in the musical. Oh, and uh, that, yeah. Let me yeah. splice it in right here. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I, you know, I, I could always carry a tune and I like, I had a good voice and I did choir, but when I went to high school, I never did. I never did choir because I didn't have time in my schedule because band was so consuming and I was doing like some other classes and stuff. So, um, so I put singing on hold forever. And then in college I was studying to be a computer scientist and um, about two years into my degree, I just decided that I didn't want to work a corporate job for my whole life. Like it just wasn't my, my plan was to be a computer scientist to save a bunch of money because computer scientists make pretty good money relative to the labor pool and uh, and then like save up a bunch of money and then move to LA and try and make it in the music business. Because actually I had a friend or rather more like an acquaintance from, from childhood mm-hmm. who was producing at right around 2015 had produced a song with Justin Bieber uh, Sorry, he produced, he co-produced, sorry, this, uh, this guy's producer tag is blood pop. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's, he actually did a couple songs with Bieber and he works really heavily with, um, Lady Gaga and some other artists. He's really talented. His name's Michael, but, um, he grew up down the street from me. Mm -hmm. So I remember hearing about this and being like, Oh my God, like this guy just like, he's, it was really inspiring for me. I was like, wow, this kid from, from my hometown is like making it as a record producer. And so that kind of inspired me to like, maybe go for it as, so I started doing like all these bootleg remixes mm-hmm. and like tropical house. Like it was like right when Kygo was sort of like really taking the scene by storm. And I love Kygo by the way. Uh, anyways, at some point I was doing these DJ remixes and I realized I was gonna have to sing on them I, I i because if i wanted to put out original music because i was like oh i've got a decent voice like i'll just like i'll just sing it myself like because you know whatever so then i was like writing a little bit more like sort of just putting demos on soundcloud and at some point i just realized it was easier to just do like piano vocals for songs than to um produce entire tracks and uh from there it was like um I don't know. It was kind of slow build. I sort of just slowly stopped doing the remixes and did more like originals. And I was just posting a lot of originals. Mm -hmm. And eventually um, one thing led to another. I got 
into New Music Friday, excuse me, I got, um, you know, I signed my first song, Welcome to Wonderland, to an indie label. And uh, it was a very slow build. And then posting stuff on YouTube and like YouTube's really where I got my start because like I was posting these originals with like just these visualizers in the background, like some of these bigger channels like Mr. Suicide Sheep and Koala Control were doing. And I was, you know, I was just gaining a small following from that. And that's like really sort of what, what launched the ship. And then the rest is kind of history. I got a TikTok as well, which really took things to the next level. But yeah, so it was like a, it was a slow build, but. That's awesome. I I totally can relate to like seeing once you see kind of someone from your area or hometown that like has actually been able to do it. Yeah, it feels so much more possible and like yeah, yeah, for real. And for real, me like like Fall Out Boy is from the town like next to me. Oh, nice! Like seeing that, I was just like, oh my god, you can love Fall Out Boy. Like an option, you know? It's like and uh, Ross Golan and songwriters from my hometown. Oh, nice! Learned about Ross's discography and success and yeah and, and podcasts as well it was just yeah. so inspiring to me because because it's just not the normal thing to do coming you know from right from, and i assume where you're from yeah oh definitely being, not being that that person and seeing yourself you know in them can be such a powerful thing for sure yeah uh, yeah the, the more i the more i even just like sort of like rub shoulders with people in the music industry the more you really realize that no one is like i mean there's like exceptions like i think like you know like charlie puth is like obviously like a savant when it comes to music you know and like there's there i mean well this isn't even to demean anyone i just think like i think if people just met the people in the music business as people they would be a lot less afraid of like what it takes to make it like don't get me wrong it takes a lot like there, you you certainly have to be talented but i think we we we're so afraid a lot of times we put up this entire veneer around like what it means to be successful and then you like meet the successful people and they're just they're literally just like you like it's like there's there's no secret sauce the real like, criteria is just it comes down to personal fulfillment like if you just yeah. decide this is what i need to feel fulfilled yeah you're gonna find a way to make it work you know like yeah and I, I definitely got to the point where that's what it was for me. And I think obviously you did too, coming from the comp side background and just deciding, yeah. like, I actually think I need to do this. I don't think working in an office is enough for me. You know, like, yeah, there's nothing that's not to say like sometimes, you know, for some people that is enough for them. And it allows, yeah. you know, there's a lot of sacrifices I feel like we make. I feel like, you know, creating your, your own hours is, is almost like the biggest trap of all time. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's such a double-edged sword, you know, like yeah. it, it is nice and it's liberating, but it also you know, if you're a hardworking driven person, I mean, it's, it's almost a trap. It's like, and it's, it's so tempting to just come to the studio every day. Even when I know sometimes the most productive thing would to not be in here. Yeah. Yeah. I have the opposite problem right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, I'm just like, Oh, I'll just like do nothing today for like three weeks in a row. And then just be like, Oh, I guess I should cut my next single. Like, dude, I mean, you're not in LA. I guess that's also probably just like a fucking, yeah. Thing. I feel like when I'm home, I definitely feel a bit more at peace. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's why I need to go to LA. Stop being so <laughs> You're doing fine. But anyway, so obviously it, that's that's an amazing story, and honestly, I see a lot of similarities to mine uh, in kind of your story. But what's your favorite part about being an artist? Like, what what has been the most fulfilling so far? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, for me, I just love music so much. I lo- I just I love it. I, I there's nothing on this earth I love more than music i if even if i didn't make it i just 
it brings me so much joy to just listen to music. I can sit in front of my computer and li just listen to music like someone would watch a show for like hours. I, I, it just is so beautiful to me and so amazing. And it really makes my heart sing. And so the best part about being an artist for me is just like, is just getting to make music because it's so amazing. It's like, and, and for me, there's this magic moment when I, especially as someone who grew up listening to like a bunch of amazing pop music, like when I get my records back and I hear like hear my own voice on them and it's like, it just, it's, it's so cool. It's so freaking cool to like, especially, I mean, there's a whole nother level. Like when you realize like, Oh, not only does this sound cool to me, but like other people are listening to it. And that's amazing too. I think for me, just like, just being able to, work with like amazing producers and like make these amazing tracks. It's, there's nothing better. There could literally be nothing better for me. And also that, I mean, like this, the same way that you can just sit and listen to music. Like, I think it's so cool that, you know, people get to have that same experience, but with your music. Like, yeah, like, that's great. And listen to irreplaceable. Someone, someone puts on your music and is like equally. I mean, like, that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that's messed up to me because there's so many I I know of like for example like Fun, I don't I don't know if you listen to Ben Fun at all, but like Fun is like my favorite band ever and like their first album is it's like the the one album I always listen to, listen to and it just it means so much to me. Like it, it it is so it was just always there for me in all like in all the times of my life and to think to to think that even one person might have that relationship to my music is one, but I appreciate it, your humility. It, it's insane. It's like, it's, it's, it, 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 I can't, I can't even compute in my mind. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's a beautiful thing. No, it really is. But this leads me to my next question, which is what is your least favorite part about, least about being a musician, yeah. an artist or a yeah. person in any sense, really? Yeah. I think this, the, what people like about my music, my music specifically is, well, in any music, is that it's vulnerable. And I think as an artist, if you, you, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. And, and the, what I've come up against recently is, it's actually like singing is such a deeply vulnerable thing to do. Like, because when you sing, you, you're really opening your heart and you're really, um, uh, opening yourself in a way that is very you know people are going to hear you what you're saying i don't know i for, for me um it, there's so much vulnerability in being an artist in writing you know how you feel in, in performing how you feel uh it's uh it's it can be very scary and for me i've, I've definitely and, and and not only that but like when you put out a song and you're your own worst critic. And, and you, you know, I am, I am so, I mean, I've gotten a lot better at it, but I am such a perfectionist in a lot of ways. Um, I can listen to a song and be like, you know, pick out the exact parts I don't like in my mind. Like, Oh, I, there's that part where I breathe too loud. Or like, there's that part where I was like 20 cents flat. Like that's really painful. Like if you're a perfectionist, it's, it's, it's hard to let go of that stuff. So that's the worst part of an artist, the quote unquote worst part. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I definitely feel that it is a yeah. lot to do it just over and over and over. Yeah. Um, so you talked to kind of a, a bit before about what's 
been inspiring you? How has that like songwriting perspective shifted over time? Like, have you noticed like any, any yeah. big shifts? Yeah, the past I mean, when, I think, I think just the, the, the one thing I've learned along the way is songs write themselves. They, they do like you can, you can know every trick in the book. You can know all the, the little hacks you can go, you could take a million courses on writing and all those things are good as a foundation. But once you have that and you've written enough songs, but even when you haven't written enough songs, like there's some amazing songs by people that haven't written that many songs. Your job as a writer is just to, to be in the creative space and see what happens. Like you, like, and just to let whatever is coming through, come through. I try really hard when I, especially when I'm writing with other people, cause it's not that hard when I'm doing it. Cause I know how to do it. But like, there's a certain dance that's always happening in a songwriting session where like there's this sort of back and forth of creative energy and like, um, you, I don't know. There, there, there's just this dance to writing songs and the more you just open up and let the process happen. Like if you want to start on the piano, just start, just, just start playing stuff and see what happens. And like, just start, saying lyrics like oh, the sun came up today again and i feel good again you know like whatever whatever just let it come out and and work from there and because so so many creative people are just neurotic when they create or they can get themselves to a place of neurosis while they're where they're like you know over analyzing everything and like being like yo is this a hit like is this what my fans want to hear like whatever but the best art always just comes from this place of allowing so that's why i say the song always writes itself like but that's true with any piece of art, you know, it's like you look at, like you get sometimes, you know, when you write a song, like, like I have songs that I listen back and I'm like, how did I write that? Like, if I tried for a million years, I could never have written this. It's so like, it, it's amazing. And so, so you just got to get out of the way. You know what I mean? I was literally about to say, you got it. You got to get out of the way. I think if I look back at like any song of mine that I'm like truly, extremely proud of, like the yeah. process was extremely like mindless in a beautiful way. Yeah really just just getting out of the way and letting the song just like be what it's meant to be and i'm yeah. just wrestle for that song in that moment yeah nothing, for sure nothing more uh which leads me to my next question so what let me just like a little bit about the process of of making walk through hell to walk through hell yeah i mean that was a song i sorry what'd you say I said it's a beautiful song oh thank you thank you yeah no it's it's one of my favorite songs um um i just started with that melody um and I mean, I go back and forth on on uh, a lot of my songs have just started from melodies, honestly, because I think as a listener, the one thing I'm always looking for over everything else is a good melody. That's why I, I really gravitate to like a lot of like these um, Swedish songwriters who seem to have like the best, you know, like Max Martin and and, and people in his camp. Like, uh, but uh, so I just started with a melody and. Um, that was that was just a that was just a song where where yeah I was just I was I was sitting at the piano and it's funny actually I had had this lyric in my mind for a different song and it was something along the lines of sometimes you have to walk sometimes you have to walk through hell to see that heaven's not that far like I was just thinking about my own life yeah. and um, decided to just sort of take that walking I, I like that idea of walking through hell and so it was sort of just percolating in my mind and I decided to put that into a song and 
it's it's loosely based on on uh, you know personal experiences. Uh, but I, I think everyone feels like um, they you know have uh, someone walked away from them in a way that they didn't walked away, whatever that means, you know, like someone walked away from you, maybe not really, I don't know. But yeah, so the, so the song is like, and, and the other thing too is like, even if, if the song for me is ne- isn't, because some of my songs are 100% based on real experiences. And then some of them are like more in the middle. And for me, I think the most important thing regardless is if you have a feeling behind the song. And I think for me, the song is, you know, sort of beautiful and lonely in a way because in the end, you, you know, I'm falling hard without you tonight is the lyric. And I think I, I, I feel, I really do feel like that even a lot recently. Um, there's this loneliness, I think, in all of us. And I think that that's kind of what comes through the song. And I think that, that's what I try to write, write from, like just the feeling more than like maybe did all the things in the song actually happen, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I totally feel that and totally agree with that. I think as long as you're writing about a feeling, and you believe that feeling and that feeling yeah. is real, like everything else is kind of secondary. And like, whether it's like a truth or kind of like a lateral truth where it didn't happen to you, but it, you know, something similar did kind of like, as long as yeah. you believe it, I think it's going to turn out good. Um, in a perfect world, where, where is your career in 10 years? It's 10 years from now. We're talking, what has happened? What is happening? Where are you? Yeah. What's yeah. Going? Yeah. I want to, I should ask you that question. I feel like I should ask you first. So like, I don't like, just like, I don't know what, well, do you ever, have you, have you done this for your, was the first episode your, like, did you ask yourself these questions? Oh, but I was actually thinking about doing that for one. You should, you should. It could be, I mean, the questions are are a little bit different every time. Yeah. I mean, I could answer it a little bit. I, I, I mean, First of all, I, I will be, I'm eternally grateful for every single day I get to do this and call yeah, it a job. That's and, a good you know, answer. <laughs> if I'm doing this, you know, if I'm still making music every single day in 10 years, then I'm just, yeah. I'm happy. I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. No, I obviously do have lofty goals. Like I, I want to have a lot of big songs. I want to connect with people all over the world. I want to get to tour and play enormous venues, you know, in, in the Philippines and in Japan yeah. and in, you know, the UK. Um, like I want it all and, and not in like a, in a greedy way, just more like I'm just like addicted to like this feeling of connecting with people Mm -hmm. because I write music that's personal. It's things that I feel or believe like we were just talking about. And so it's like a drug whenever, when every time someone's like, Hey, I also feel like this, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, whoa, that's really cool. You know, I wrote this maybe to get over what I was feeling like, but now it's actually helping you too. And now not only that, bond over the same thing. So yeah, I don't. I, that's incredibly vague, but I. I yeah. Hope this no, it's not vague. Going bigger and better, you know. Yeah, I feel. I feel like we have some goals. I mean, like, yeah, my. I mean, yeah. Well, what you said is definitely true. I mean, like, in ten years, like, if I'm still like making, making songs, like, and people still listening to them, that'd be fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, 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 like, my, I am, I am. Viciously ambitious, like, and when it comes to like, um, I mean. I I, I want to be like one of the biggest artists in the world, to be honest. Like I, I that, that's just, that's just what I want to be. I, 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 um, I, or, or write or write the biggest songs in the world. I, I mean, I got into this to be a songwriter actually, and sort of only became an artist because people seem to like my voice. So I guess writing big songs has always been a thing, but I have, um, you know, 
I want to be a very, very big artist. I'll say that. <laughs> so that that's it, my, uh, my goal. It's, it's already happening and it's only going to happen more and more. So I, I, I fuck with that. And I, and I, I can relate to people who kind of like aren't afraid to like say that. And I, it doesn't yeah. come as like cocky or like, yeah. Or icky at all. Like I, I like, there's a certain, like, I feel like calm confidence to you and your music that I, I at least aspire to relate to. So I'm happy you said that. Thank you. Thank um, you. Moving on to 16, circling back to TikTok. Obviously, TikTok, Tim Tom. Obviously, you, you, you fucking like crushed there, but I'm just kind of uh, wondering a bit more about your like actual kind of like relationship with TikTok, like how it yeah. makes you feel and, and how you kind of think about it on a day to day basis. Yeah. Well, I try not to think about it on a day to day basis. Uh, no, I mean, TikTok is it's amazing. I have a double edged. Love hate relationship with TikTok. I love. At first, I will say everyone that follows me on TikTok, all my fans on TikTok. I love my fans on TikTok. I have the sweetest, sweetest fans on TikTok. I just have the sweetest fans in general. I'm sure you have the sweetest fans as well. I mean, we have a lot of crossover in our fan fan bases. But um, man, my fans are so sweet, and they I, I I never get negative comments on. I mean, for 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 TikTok, which which can be a very toxic place, a very negative place on the wrong videos all of my comments are just the sweetest, beautiful, most kind, amazing comments. So I love TikTok for that. I love TikTok is like rocket fuel for like, for your music career. Like it really is. There's no other way to describe it. It can, it can, there are people that are making, you know, millions of dollars that were working at like grocery stores the night before. Like this, this app has, there has never been, I mean, this is just the internet in general, but there has never been a platform like this that has so dramatically changed people's lives so quickly, I think, especially in the music space. And it did that for my life as well. Like, like when I, when I really started posting music videos and, and, and started seeing like, the the effect that was having on my streams and like just like my abilities to support myself as a like just like to do this full time there's it's insane like it's insane and like i think like in the in the in the last year or something my my streams have like 10x or something since i started using tiktok which is unheard of in wow. any industry let, let alone the music industry and um so it's amazing in that way it's it's amazing because you can go viral and, and, and connect with even more people and have those moments like you were talking about before. I think I, I don't like it for the reasons you mentioned before, which is that the cycle time has become so small and, and TikTok caters to an attention span and that is so small that it feels like you'd need to make an, like, it feels like I need to make a viral video like every other day to stay relevant. And it feels like my work has been reduced to, to whether or not the song worked on TikTok, which is so sad. It's so sad because there's so many amazing songs that maybe people just didn't have the attention span to, you know, to listen to more than 10 seconds of the hook on TikTok. So they didn't like the video. So the song didn't blow up. I don't know. One of my favorite songs ever. I'm like, this would never work on TikTok. Just- exactly. I mean, so many songs would never work on TikTok. I think and me, like, um, that's kind of one of the scariest part of uh, of TikTok as a songwriter and as someone who like is in love with the craft of making like a full yeah. song. I think it's it's like it is undeniably changing how people write songs. And and obviously some oh, of yeah. it is in a good way, but some of that is a little like intimidating and scary to me. It's really scary because because people are like I mean, if you're if your only goal is to like to hook people's interest in the first 3 seconds 
you're gonna like start writing about some weird stuff or it's like it's i don't know like and plus i a lot of the music like not not the music that's like being written by songwriters on tiktok but just the music that gets played on videos on tiktok like the music that works on tiktok a lot of it is like just feels so disposable and like like it's hardly music it's like it's so crass and loud and and it's it's offensive like i don't know i just and and i don't i don't like that that is what's being consumed on a massive basis by society but at the same time it's like it's not tiktok's fault that that's happening like that's just a symptom of like what our society wants and values and like you know so I, I I feel all that and certainly re- relate to all that. Um, moving on, we're on question 17, getting right through. Ooh. What advice would you give to a kid who wants to get to the point where you're at right now? I feel like we've actually kind of touched on this indirectly. But mm-hmm. if someone was sitting right in front of you and he was like, hey, I want to be Anson Sabra in two years. Yeah. What's, what's the game plan? What's the game plan? <laughs> well, um... Okay. Um, first of all, you, you have to have a very deep love for this. You have to, I mean, you have to really love it. It can't just be like, it can't just be like, Oh, maybe I'll try, uh, try this and see how it goes. Like for me, I have, like I said, I've always really deeply loved music. So whatever, whatever you're going to do with your life, with your life, it's going to be your life's work. You must love it. You must love it more than everything else because, because otherwise you'll fail. You'll fail. You'll give up. You will give up because you won't love it and you you would just find something else to waste your time with. So you have to love what you do. Um, you have to have, have something interesting to say. Um, so in a way that no one's said it before, um, or you should be trying to do those things. So you should spend a lot of time just listening to music and, 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 and figure out, figuring out what you like and what you don't like and how the people that you like say the things that they like. And how can you say those things in, in, in the way that you want to say them? Um, I think the most important thing is to just trust the process. I mean, I, um, I'm really, I, I used to actually not be a very spiritual person at all, but now I'm a deeply spiritual person. And um, there's a lot of talk about like the law of attraction. And I think people kind of roll their eyes when they hear about the law of attraction because they think oh, it's like, oh, just like, you know, if I just think about a Ferrari long enough, I'll get it. It's not, it's not really, I mean, it's not really like that. The way I think of the law of attraction and the way I've applied it in my own life is it, it, and like I said, this, this is true in my life. So I'm only going to say, I'm not, I'm I'm only sharing, I don't want to sound like, um, I've got everything figured out, but this is what has worked in my life. You will become who you are presenting your world uh, yourself to be in the world. So if you think and you b- truly believe this is who I am, that is what is your, that is the trajectory your life will take. And I think everyone knows this, like, okay, like when I was in college and I was a software engineer or I was studying to be a software engineer, that's who I thought I was. I was like, okay, this is who I am. Like this is, but, but the thing is, so much of that identity was just based on um, how I was raised and like what, what I thought I could be. The person I thought I could be was just, that was what I was conditioned to think I could be. And that was what I wanted to be based on sort of unconscious circumstances. And as I became more conscious and be like more 
um, deliberate with, with, I was like, okay, this is who I am actually. And I really started to believe it. It's, it's crazy how that can sort of steer your life in mysterious ways, like just sort of feeling into who you are. So I think that's a big component, but I really do believe if you want something and we, we, this sounds so cheesy, but we all have a purpose. I know we all have a purpose. We all have something we are supposed to be. And if you are feeling called to be a certain thing, that, that, that probably means that somehow in some capacity, you're supposed to be that thing. And what you need to do is just follow the steps that your intuition is telling you to be that thing and just keep putting one foot in front of the other and don't expect too much and you will be dazzled. That's a big part actually is not to expect anything, but just to sort of be grateful for everything that happens and miracles will start to happen. Once you, once you let go of needing to be the thing, yeah. it's amazing what happens. Dude, I, I honestly love so, so much of, of what you just said. And I've been thinking about that stuff a lot too. Just, yeah, I, I think I've tried to kind of like, insert this into my own life of, of kind of reclaiming like myself in a way and like remembering yeah. like, I get to decide who I am yeah. you know, yeah. not like other people like because sometimes I'll like hear myself you know saying like oh you can't do that that's not what you mm. know yeah what? like yeah you're telling me I'm the guy that says like I can do this you know like yeah um and also with it with the expectations thing I feel like I feel like so often people are categorized as like optimists or pessimists. And yeah. I think there's a third category of just like enjoying the process without expectations mm. where I'm trying yeah. to just be way, way more because the returns on that are just exponentially higher than either extreme. Yeah. yeah. I so, think for me personally, I'm actually viciously optimistic, but also grounded in the, the fact that it's okay if none of the things yeah. Because for me, is that when you really, or is that, or is that just like confident and ambitious, you know, like, but the thing is for me, I think, yeah, there's a fair amount of confidence too. I think, um, I think when I look at, you know, someone like you and like, I think like, dude, let's be honest, like you and me, like are so unbelievably privileged in the fact that like, you know, you have a, like a record deal and you have a fan base and like, this is something that like, like a half of a half of a half of a percent of people that have tried to do this have actually accomplished. So in my book, the fact that you even made it this far is like, it's like, what other proof do you need that you have what it takes? You know, like it, this is the hardest part is even breaking above all the noise in the first place. So like the fact that you did it, like, cause I still have those doubts in my mind sometimes too. And I'm like, it's just, I mean, when, whenever you set an ambitious goal, because, because that's just the world we live in, it just, you're so conditioned to oh, think like, I can't do this or it's going to go wrong. But like, I just, I just look at what got me this far and I'm like, this is a miracle. How did this happen at all? Like oh. if anyone could do it, it would be us. You know what I mean? Like it, who else would, who yeah, else would go online? As you accomplish things that you like, you know, that were once goals or, or ambition, yeah. do you have the ability to enjoy them as they're happening or are the goalposts kind of constantly moving for you where it's like once you accomplish it you're already on to the next yeah i think i realized really early on that the goalpost was always going to move like literally it didn't matter like when i was like starting and i got like a thousand plays on my song i was like oh this is amazing this is the greatest thing ever you know and now like obviously i have a lot more than that and it's like you know, we just hit 10 million streams on my song in two months. And that's insane to me. So I think I just realized 
a long time ago that even if I sell out Madison Square Garden, it's going to be the same because it's going to go like it's going to be here and then it's going to go. And so there's, there's no point. There's literally, I can see it. Like once you just really step back and you're like, okay, these things are nice, but what do they mean? Like they, they don't mean anything like unless you really start to cling to them. So like I realized really early on to just like to, to try to be happy when the, the good things happen, but just to let them go because like, because life is constant change. That's the only certainty is like everything is changing. I mean, I think about like, I look at people that are having like these massive moments. Actually, just even even growing up, like now it's 26 is an interesting age because you look at these people who you grew up, like these huge celebrities that you grew up with. And now it's been long enough where some of them are, they're not falling off, but they certainly didn't have the same like appeal. Like they they're not like, no one can have hits forever basically is what i'm saying and like no one can maintain that facade of like stardom forever and the point is like you can't you can't why would you want to so why not just like you said like focus on like the journey like the process because because in my mind i've gone to the place like okay like really go there in your mind be like okay what if i get everything i want what if i get a grammy what if i play the super bowl what if i get the big mansion in in bel-air like and then i and i think it's still me it's still the same i'm still the exact same person looking through the same eyes same friends it's the same it's the same so with that in mind that's how i i try to look at things no i love that and i think it it, it has helped me to kind of recontextualize like my goals because i do have goals of like winning the grammy and playing yeah same having yeah being able to you know like afford you know materialistic things that i did yeah, yeah. no for sure Ferrari, yeah. I, once i kind of recontextualize those is like oh but those are actually just like symptoms of, yeah true of, of a more of a greater disease that i desire which is connecting with people and, and finding my purpose and accomplishing that you know? yeah but it's easier yeah. kind of like like to express that through these these kind of more grandiose goals yeah yeah i think that i think for me too it's like just as someone who was studying computer science even the goals I'm hitting now, even the goals I was hitting a year ago, like, you know, I remember like when I crossed like a hundred thousand daily streams on Spotify, like that is insane. Like it is mental. It's literally insane. And now of course the number is higher than that. So for me, I am just so grateful, like just so grateful that, that any of this has happened. I really just try to sink into that feeling of gratitude. And I know that other people can feel it too. And honestly, when you, approach your career with that sense of like with gratitude it's like honestly infectious because like because the fans can feel like the fans can feel it and the the people in the business that work with you can feel it and i think it just makes things a lot easier yeah the longer i do this the more i truly believe that you kind of really get out what you put in like if you come with that attitude and with that you know work ethic both in like a professional way and just like an emotional way i think you get it out but speaking of computer science do you see, is there any way that that infiltrates your music career at any point in any way? Like, yeah. like, yeah, people always ask me that. And I think there are some, excuse me, excuse me. There are some parallels. I think there aren't as many parallels as people think there are. So like the, the main, the main parallel I can think of is like, um, so like when you're producing 
there's this idea of signal flow, like the order you process your signal, right? So like you might, you have the raw signal coming in from your mic, then you might put an equalizer on it to change the tonality, then you might, like, then you might put a compressor on to, to change the volume, and then you might, um, I don't know, put a de-esser on to make it less sibilant or something. And if you change the order of those plugins, you're going to get a different sound on the other end. The same thing is true with computer science when you're writing a program. You want to think about the output of one program into the, the the input of the next program and what at each step of the way what what is coming through and like what 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 the root might be that's feeding into the original program so there's some parallels there and then i mean obviously just like working in computer science you you become very like adept at just working with computers and so like you know there's a lot of troubleshooting stuff with like audio on computers that i'll have to do where like honestly computer science, it just makes you really good at solving problems and sort of drilling down and figuring out like, what is the root cause of a problem? So if there's any sort of troubleshooting I'm doing with, um, with audio stuff, um, then the computer science stuff, it, it, it definitely helps. But there's not, I mean, if I ever wanted to, like, it's funny, there's a logic pro, like um, I use logic to produce and there's a logic plugin, which will let you script a plugin. Uh, so like if you have, um, like a good, if you have MIDI or something, you can like write a program to, to manipulate that MIDI somehow. Like if you want to change the velocity of the MIDI, you want to change the, like it's it, like you could write a program that would take like some static MIDI chords and make them into a guitar strum, for example. So there's like some, some pretty like niche crossovers, but like I, I haven't done that. People, I've heard of people using that type of stuff for drums to make like program drums yeah. more live. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Write a script to like have it just kind of like automate things slightly on every hit. Would yeah, I mean, sound the thing is actually, theory? you can actually do, like, do you use Logic? Not or any. what do you, oh, Ableton. I'm sure Ableton, it's called a humanized function. Like, um, there's just, a, Logic just has a humanized function that will do that. Basically, it'll sort of just move everything around a little and change the velocity just a little bit. Yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, well, kind of on the same tip, what do you like, what do you do with your time outside of music and, and, are any of those potential like professional aspirations at any point in your life? Um, not really. M music is definitely my, like, I want to be a musician for, for my life. Uh, but uh, the things I do, I, I do a lot of reading. Um, I'm really into like health and spirituality. So I spend a lot of time like meditating or like just, um, I, I walk a lot, honestly, like I just like to go for long walks. I, I It's just decompressing my soul and sort of just like, um, contemplating things and, and getting to know myself better. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm really, like I said, I'm really into like healthy health and fitness. Uh, so I, I like watched a lot of videos on like, you know, nu nutrition and like um, that sort of thing, but um, nothing I, I used to, I was a big gamer, but I haven't been gaming as much. Um, I, I look forward to your daily gamer tweets. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Every time I, I see one, I just smile. I can't, I just crack a smile. And... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's just really funny to call people gamers for some reason. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I used to be like, I used to play a lot of Fortnite. Uh, I, when I was in high school, I played a lot of Call of Duty, but in uh, Halo, but I don't, um, honestly, it kind of gives me anxiety to play like, especially shooter games now. So like, I just don't do it that much. Like I'm in it, like I would play them at night and it would mess up my sleep. So like, I, I just stopped and it's probably been for the better, to be honest. Maybe I, I kind of want to get back in the chess, to be honest, now that this Queen's Gambit thing has taken over the world. I've been honestly thinking similarly, so maybe we can yeah. play it Hey, maybe we should. 
but team uh, up. you kind of you kind of answered this. But any other like best practices you find for kind of maintaining your mental health and and mm. good on a more daily basis? Like I know you 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 meditate, yeah. walks. Those are obviously yeah powerful. But anything else? Yeah, I mean, there's like oh man, I could give a, a, a like I I could like teach a university course on 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 mental health like just because i i know what it's like to have very poor mental health and then come back from that but um i mean so there's a i mean meditation can help i think if you're very if, if you're overthinking meditation is a great place to at least because it's it's if you start meditating it's very possible in this in the course of say maybe two or three weeks to go from being completely overwhelmed to get, be, being able to get to a place where you're not consumed with your thoughts where you where you feel that there's a separation between you your being and your thoughts because most people can't most people think all the time and they never stop thinking and they think that the things they think are them this is how i was before i before i had a shred of awareness and i and at what i remember i read the power of now and he said the fact that you there you know that you're thinking means that you are not your thoughts. You're not the content of your thoughts. You are aware of your thoughts. It's such a powerful idea, but it can take some time. So meditating is big. Exercise is really, really important. Really, really. I, I neglected this actually for a long time, but you must do something with your physical energy will, will help so much to dissipate stress in your life, whether it's going for a walk, whether it's going for a run, lifting weights, do something. And then um, watch if you're nervous, if you're a nervous person, I don't recommend drinking coffee at all. Uh, I know it's really hard and I know it's like ingrained in our culture, but I will tell you when I stopped drinking coffee, my anxiety got so much better because if you're a highly sensitive person, it, coffee will, will just make you anxious. Uh, I mean, it's a beautiful thing because, <laughs> and there you have some now, but it's, it's amazing for, for writing and creative purposes and just for feeling energized. But, um, it's a double edge. It's a, it's a very powerful drug. So you have to Definitely. be careful with it. Definitely. Um, at all. And I, exercise specifically, I, I rely on, like I need, yep. and I heard, I forgot who said this, but I heard someone talking on a podcast about exercise and how like when they don't exercise, all their tasks for the day are like piled up vertically. And yep. when they do exercise, they all kind of get spread out horizontally, which is just yes. so much more manageable to knock out rather than just them all being piled on top. And I totally relate to, I, I feel the same way. Like, on days where I like really get a workout in or, or just something yeah. just like, you know, you know, like you said, kind of dissipate that physical energy. Like I am just so much more both productive and not only productive, but happy while doing the things yeah. that I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, a big one, a huge one actually has been like getting out in nature. Like it is so like, nature is your home it is it, we are connected so deeply to the earth and in our modern society we have so lost this connection to the earth like you got to remember like human beings we lived off the land for almost our entire existence and it's not until like the last you know 500 years that we really became civilized and moved into like these steel boxes and cities and stuff like it's so so cathartic to get out if you can and to, even just to a park one thing i've been telling people to do which is super super helpful is this thing called grounding it's really simple you just literally like walk around with bare feet on the earth if you can like concrete is okay but grass is better like just spend some time if you can like with your feet on the grass it's easier obviously if you're in a warm place but like that alone can really dissipate anxiety too i, I can feel it in my nervous system when i when i really start to get connected so that's a big thing and then of course self-kindness like 
just be kind to yourself. There's a lot of resources on self-love and self-kindness, but so much of anxiety is based on thought patterns revolving around like hating ourselves or feeling like we're not good enough. And if you can learn, this is where the meditation comes into is to sort of watch yourself when you're doing those things and thinking like, Oh, I should be this way. I should be doing this thing. I should be don't shoot on yourself. As they say, I like that phrase a lot. Like don't shoot on yourself. I'm I'm taking that one. I never, I never say should anymore. It's so toxic to your well being. Like, um, just, just start to be aware of how the, the, the way you're tone, like you're talking to yourself. And uh, one of the spiritual teachers I was watching recently said, like, if you wouldn't say it to like a child, like a wounded child, like imagine a child came to you and they were crying. That's how you should speak to yourself at all times with that level of empathy and compassion. And so few of us are doing that. So I think that's like, that's the the golden key on top of everything. It's like to just start to do that. And I know it's very difficult. It's very difficult for most people. And it was for me too, because I was so self-critical. I mean, you are talking to the person that was the most, I mean, we all are. I mean, people, people like you and me, what what do you think drives us to this place? You know what I mean? What do you think drives us to to, to be successful? It's the classic case of like what makes you great makes you terrible right like, right like, exactly it's the same thing really yeah so so in the, you know i could i could talk your face off about self-love and self-kindness and stuff but but just even starting that awareness of like how am i talking to myself how am i how am i treating myself most of us it's it's very painful in a lot of ways that was a very very important perspective question 21 I've, i'm very very excited to ask this just as okay a, what can we expect musically from you this Uh-oh. year you know, without div- divulging the entire master plan, like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's gonna be a lot more music. I'll say that. Um, I can't give specifics right now, but, 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 um, I'm, I'm really, really excited about, like, I cannot wait for my fans, uh, to hear what I'm working on. Like just some of the best music I've ever made. I think, um, it's amazing. Like, it's really good. Dude, well, I'm, I'm excited. I know obviously a lot of other people are going to be extraordinarily pumped. Um, yeah. Question 22. What is the perfect sandwich? The perfect oh well I don't have I don't eat a lot of bread so um uh, but if I did eat bread I, you know I'll give you the perfect sandwich anyway I mean I, I'm I'm a it's funny because I don't eat bread anymore but in college I would eat copious ba- amounts of bagels um so so it would be a bagel sandwich actually I think yeah. um Asiago cheese bagel love it with um maybe like a fried egg, cream cheese, um, maybe like an avocado Mm. and some sliced turkey or something like that. Like, and maybe some lettuce, no no lettuce, no lettuce. Oh man, I'm getting really hungry just thinking about that. I might need to go get that like right after we're done. That's a fantastic answer. Yeah. Eagles and expertly. Favorite food. Um, beautiful. Well, we're on question 23. This has been really, Uh-oh. really fun. And I'm, and yeah, I'm, sorry if I went too long. <laughs> dude, not at all. This has been amazing and, and so nice for me to kind of get to ask you these questions and hear your, yeah. um, your really thoughtful answers. Uh, Thank but you. question 23 is, do you have a question for me? Do I have a question for you? Wow. Mm-hmm. Do I have a question for you? <sighs> I mean, I have a lot of questions for you. Um, I'm trying to think of a nice juicy one. Um, <laughs> what makes an amazing song to you? Like what, what, like what is an example of like one of your favorite songs of all time? And like, why is it so good? 
Amazing question. I think we got into this a little bit before, but for me, like the only thing, I mean, like a lot of things go into this, but the only thing that matters is, do I believe you? Like, Oh, that, really? Like, but that, and, and that's not just lyrically, that's musically, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. wise, like, and the mix, everything. I just need to yeah. believe it. I need to believe that you actually feel this way and you, you know, like, if this was intentional in some capacity. So yeah, that for me, I don't know about all time, but even just like that song by Sasha Sloan, Is It Just Me? Like, I just, Fire. I mean, it's so a whole album, but like that song, I just like heard it and I was immediately like, oh my, like, this is how you feel. And you communicated it so well. Yeah. And I believe every word that you said. Yeah, and she's so, a master. Yeah, she's a master. So believability really for me is the number one kind of criteria of like, uh, do I like this song? That's a great answer because I feel like most people would just like, I wouldn't say believability. I just say like, oh, is the melody good? Like, is the beat fire? Like, <laughs> but the melody, but yeah. that plays into it. Like, the, you're right. This can be believable. Like, do I believe this song coming from you at this time? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point because in a world where so many people are just like clones of each other, like you could, I, I'm the same way. Like I can like uh, turn on something and just sort of roll my eyes and be like, oh, this is just another like, you know, this person want to be like i don't i don't i don't think this person like believes anything they're saying yeah that's that's a great answer um well thank you and thank you for that for that question um dude this was a blast thank you yeah for doing this. also thank you so much for this this beautiful crew neck oh uh, yeah of course man. i love this piece and i was i was very excited to wear this on the podcast today but uh yeah if you're if you're watching thank you for watching if you're listening thank you for listening uh, we got Anson Sabron here. He is incredible, and he's only going to get more incredible. So thank you. 23 questions. Thanks. Nice, man.